The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Tuesday, February 16th, and we are cranking up the off-season priorities for every single NFC team, every single NFL team, excuse me. And we're going to start in the AFC East. That's where we will get things going today. We also have a Mock Draft Monday podcast with Ryan Wilson from yesterday, Jonathan Jones tomorrow, and then uh, Cody Benjamin and Jared Dubin will join me to go over the NFC East on Thursday, I'm sure at some point in the near future, we may have a Carson Wentz emergency podcast, but we'll also have a Friday mailbag. We're going to do those throughout the offseason. If you want to leave us a mailbag question, if you want something answered about your team, about a player, about uh, how to change, how to swaddle children, uh, whatever it is, maybe that John Breach might tell you that. Um, if you want to ask why John Breach and Ryan Wilson are both wearing their Super Bowl LIV Sweater, sweatshirts, knowing that I don't have one yet. LV. LV. I, the logo, they screwed up the logo. The NFL screwed up that logo. It's a bad logo. It looks like, I was like, so anyway, Ryan Wilson, John Breach joining me, but leave it on Apple Podcast. That's where you can leave the review, uh, and the three of us will answer it. So I, I was like, when y'all got on, I was like, are they, I was like, are they, are they taunting me? Yes. I was like, what is, I was like what's happening? And, but I was like, why are they taunting me with last year's, um, last year's Super Bowl logo, like LIV. And I was like, Oh no, that's this year's cause it's on CBS, but it's, it's like, like, like what is happening? You don't answer your electronic mail and you don't answer your postal mail. So you don't get free swag. So everyone, the best true part of the story is that Will Brinson somehow has set his filter to be so strict that he does not get work emails where they say, Hey, just reply and you get free stuff. And of course, me and Wilson reply to everything. We have all this, it's CBS stuff, it's Super Bowl stuff. Uh, Brinson, every time he sees us wearing something new, he's like, what the hell guys? Where'd you get that? Why are you matching? And so we kind of are wearing it to Tom Brinson, but then we're also wearing it because it's comfortable and quite stylish. Mm, indeed. Cool for y'all. You, you really do hate to see it. Sorry, Brinson. Yeah. It'll, it'll figure, I'm sure it'll figure it out. Uh, so we're going to do the, AFC East today, and we're going to start with the team that has the highest draft order. And every Tuesday and Thursday over the next month, we're going to be doing uh, one division. We start with the Jets. 2021 odds, 
101 to win the Super Bowl, 50 to 1 to win the AFC. They have the number two overall pick. They couldn't get all the way down to Trevor Lawrence, but they came close and they screwed, they even managed to screw that up. They have the 23rd overall pick from the Seahawks as well as the 34th overall pick. And they also have a second rounder from the Seahawks too, the Jamal Adams deal. Their top free agents, Brashad Perryman, Marcus May, Joe Flacco, Frank Cork. Good Lord. Neville Hewitt, Terrell Basham, and Jordan Jenkins. So, uh, I will ask you, First, Ryan Wilson, what should be the Jets' number one priority this offseason? Well, the first thing you have to decide is what are you doing with Samuel Darnold? Do you want to keep him or do you not want to keep him? Because he has two years left on his deal, I think one more year left on the rookie deal, and then you can franchise him, or the uh, fifth-year option, excuse me. So that's an option. And if you decide to keep him, then you can choose to trade down and stockpile a bunch more picks, or you can stay at number two and take an offensive lineman, perhaps, like Panay Sewell. Or if you're not crazy about Sam Darnold and you don't want to take a quarterback at number two like Zach Wilson because Trevor Lawrence is going number one, you can trade down and take a quarterback you might like a little later and get a whole bunch of other picks because you mentioned all the draft picks they have. They have a ton of cap space. They're third in cap space according to spot track behind only the Jaguars and the Colts. So uh they're in pretty good shape. Now, the biggest issue, and you know we've heard Jason Lockhart talk about this before and, and other folks who follow such things, the biggest issue isn't that Robert Salah is a new coach or that Joe Douglas is the – general manager, it's that the ownership is sort of inconsistent, shall we say. So if the ownership is a concern for you and it's not going to be sort of like the path that Jimmy Haslam took in Cleveland where he finally took a hands-off approach and they started winning football games, that's problematic if you're a a free agent, for example. But if the um, ownership takes a hands-off approach and, and lets the front office and head coaching staff do their job, I would imagine they should have a competitive team next year. Does that mean eight and eight? I don't know because I think it all starts with, with Sam Darnold and or quarterback behind door number two, but they should certainly be a lot better than they were this year with Adam Gase, who seemed at times along with Greg Williams, they were actively trying to lose football games. It did kind of seem like that, Ryan, but you know, Adam Gase is gone. So they won't actively be trying to lose anymore. Now that you have Robert Saul in there, I think, they have a lot of questions, especially on defense. Cause you know, you're, you, you said Sam Donald's the main focus there. And obviously it is cause you have to figure out what you're going to do with him. And they've probably been sitting in meetings. Uh, literally you'd have to think by now they've got the Donald question answered. They said, all right, if we can get X amount of compensation, we'll dump Sam. Otherwise we'll just plan to keep him cause we don't want to give him away cause he might actually be good. Cause we've seen guys be good after leaving Adam Gase. Uh, a lot of guys have gotten good after leaving Adam Gates. But then they have so many free agents on defense that you kind of say, what's the game plan there? On one hand, that's bad because you're losing uh, a bunch of potential defensive starters. But then the flip side is maybe that's a good thing because now Robert Sala, a great defensive coordinator, can kind of bring guys in and mold his own defense uh, so I'm kind of split there. Usually I'd be a little bit worried, but I just say, cause you have a defensive coach coming in that it's a good thing that he can kind of shape up his own defense. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Like Sam, the, everything comes down to the quarterback here. I mean, if you think Donald's your guy, then you, you know, change how you approach the number two overall pick. If you don't think Donald is your guy, you kind of, unless you just don't like Zach Wilson, you know, Trey Lance or whoever else, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to have to take somebody at two more than likely if you, unless you just hate everybody else. So you've got to figure that out. I do think one thing that's kind of important to, you know, like the bills drafted Josh Allen at the same time that the Jets drafted Sam Darnold, right? The bills had a plan in place 
and they built around him and they created this infrastructure to drop Josh Allen in. The Jets just got Sam Darnold. We're like, all right, we won. Woo! And then thought that that would work and it just doesn't. So what I would like to see the Jets do is, you know, once you make that quarterback decision, you know, give the quarterback some stuff to work with. You have Makai Becton, who's a great piece, but how about we, you know, how about we go get some wide receivers? How about we, you know, you know, get some tight ends? How about we improve the offensive line? And defense is a problem too. I, I mean, it's a, it's, it's hard to work on both of these at the same time with limited assets. Well, they have a ton of cap space though. They have a ton of draft picks. I think so they issue, go out and sign guys though. They didn't work very well the last time. But I, I think it goes back to my original point. The ownership has to get out of the way because we've seen success in Cleveland in pretty short order. When you get rid of Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson, uh, Jimmy Haslam takes a hands-off approach, lets Andrew Barry be the GM, Kevin Stefanski coach, and, and they have something sim- uh, resembling success because they have they have a lot of players on the team. Now, they came into this season with a lot more assets, as you say, than the Jets currently do. But, again, you can fix that pretty quickly. I mean, if the Jets could win seven games next year, and that's a good start. I think the biggest question for me remains Sam Darnold because I don't know how good he can be. I don't know if Sam Darnold's – that much better playing for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, for example, than he has been in New York. Will he be better? Absolutely, because that Jets situation was a horrible one for anyone. But if you're not sold on him, do you do you try to find your next quarterback? Hmm. Um, Jameson Crowder is the biggest cap hit next year. That's great. Great news in terms of having a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. I mean, they got dudes with their rookie deals who are right up there, like Quentin – Williams and uh, Makai Becton both uh, up at the top. I tend to think that this is not going to be a team that like, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and signed a marquee a free agent wide receiver. Like if a Kenny Galladay, it's the open market or something like that. Like I think that's kind of the play with um in, in yeah. terms of how you want to approach this with Darnold. Well, and, and with Crowder, I think they save $10 million if they were to cut him. And I'm not saying you want to necessarily uh do that, but that's a nice savings. And then again, you can bring in guys that you want as a new coaching staff. So what do you I, think about this? Should they sign um, a running back? Like say Le'Veon Bell. No. Uh, 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 is Adam Gase making that decision? Waka, waka, waka. Adam Gase didn't like the bell signing. Yeah, Not for him. <laughs> it was Mike McCagnan and his nonsensical ways. Um, all right. What else stands out to you guys as a priority for the Jets? Anything? Huh. Yeah. I mean, wide receiver, edge rusher, cornerback, offensive line, running back. I mean, everything. Pick a, pick a position. Bro, they could. You should have just said everything, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of fair. Like, well, fair. even if they take Panay Sewell, you're like, Oh, he's a left tackle. Well, Makai Beckton played right tackle some at Louisville and Panay Sewell was actually a, a right tackle in high school. He had never played left tackle until he got to Oregon and you can never have too many good offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, put them out there and see what happens. What's the worst thing that happens? That Sam Darnold takes fewer sacks? God, God forbid. I mean, just put a body out there. I don't know. I, they, you know, they went out and I'm not saying that like George Fant and Connor McGovern and Greg Van Roten are, are, you know, superstar offensive linemen, but I think they kind of wanted to do it in the Bills fashion where you, you know, they got Becton as the anchor. He's, he looks like a super a potential superstar. And, you know, then you sort of just, you know, you kind of supplement around him. And just gradually improve it. And, but like they got to help Sam Darnold out. They got to get the weapons. They got to get more protection. I mean, well, they have the thirty fourth pick. You can get an offensive tackle that can play right away at thirty four. Yeah. I would trade down from number two if you're all in on Sam Darnold. I mean, that, I would just trade down, trade down to ten or wherever, and you're going to get uh, another first round pick, maybe another second round pick, and then that's two more players that can help your team sooner rather than later. 
If yeah, if you trade down from two and and get uh, you'll get your first round pick back, probably two more picks. I mean, you could end up with four or five picks in the top fifty. And so, if you're the Jets, that's got to be uh, pretty pretty exciting to think about, just because of all these needs. Like, I don't even know how you fill all these needs in one off season, unless you do something like that. So maybe you just keep Sam Darnold because that's the fastest way to build your roster, fill in all the holes, and then you say, all right, if Darnold's good this year, we'll keep him next year. Let's figure out the quarterback situation in 2022, and and just keep Darnold so we can trade that number two overall pick and, and pick up more picks. So they currently have six top 100 picks and 75 million in cap space. So if Breach, like Breach suggests, they trade down. Let's say they have eight of the top 100 picks and 75 million in cap space. So that's eight players right there that contribute right away. And you can sign four or five or six players in free agency. I mean, that's, you can find seven wins there. Yeah. And if Darnold's actually good, then boom, that, that's where you start using those crazy words that Jets fans don't really know playoff contention. Right. Yeah, said the Bengals fan. What? I, yeah, if anybody knows about a desperation fan base hoping to make the playoffs, I'm the only person here qualified to speak about it, Ryan. I don't think so. All right, next up, the, <laughs> the Miami numbers. Dolphins. Although the Dolphins had a much better record, they do have a high draft pick thanks to the Houston Texans giving them the number three overall pick. The Dolphins are actually 28 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 15 to 1 to win the AFC. They have the third pick, the 18th pick, and the 36th pick in the draft. Not a ton of free agents leaving. NC State legend Ted Karras, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who went to Harvard, you may have heard about, Landon Roberts, Ted, Matt Ted Karras, Ted Karras with Illinois. Uh, who am I thinking of? Joe Tooney. I that out. Who am I thinking of? Tooney? No. And by the way, we just learned that I'm a savant when it comes to remembering where That was playing. amazing. You said <laughs> Illinois right away, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Illinois. Debo can fact check it, but I'm too late to look it up. But I think it's Illinois. I well, talked I think Ted Karras went to NC State. Ted Karras' uncle was... uh George Papadopoulos and Webster. Alex Karras. Ted Karras went to Illinois. I just looked it up. Thank Who am I thinking of? You are thinking of not Ted Larson. Ted Larson. What's wrong with me? Sorry. Ted Larson. Um, Ted Larson. Jeez. Sorry, Ted Karras and Ted Larson. Yeah. There's not a lot of guys named Ted in the NFL, so I could see that. That's an honest mix-up. Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater. Louisville. I love this. I, Devo tipped me off to my new talent. I mean, everybody knows Teddy Bridgewater went to Louisville. Lamar Jackson. Louisville as well. Tua Tungabailoa. Alabama. All right, anyway. Um, <laughs> that, got, that got out of control fast. Yeah. Uh, Breach, what would you say the biggest need and priority for the uh, Dolphins this offseason is? It's interesting because... Still quarterback? I, it is. It's, it is quarterback. <laughs> like, I, you don't want it to be quarterback because you just took a guy in the top five and you have Tua and, like... If you're the Dolphins, your guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, came in and saved your butt every single game. Are you willing to gamble and let him walk in free agency and all of a sudden your safety net's gone and Tua goes out there and is absolutely horrible and all of a sudden you're the new Jets and you're the team going 5-11 and 11 because your quarterback situation isn't figured out? Because if I'm Brian Flores, I'm looking at this. We went 10-6 and six with total chaos as far as our quarterback situation goes, which is not easy to do in the NFL. And that was a testament to how good their defense was. And so if you have a competent quarterback situation or just people who know what they're doing, 
this team's going to be good. So you have to figure out what you want to do. And that's, that's the foundation of your off season. That's your building block. And then, then all the other questions will answer themselves, you know, cause like if they're saying, Hey, you know what? Maybe we will trade two other, the Texans for Deshaun Watson. We'll throw in uh, our two first round picks with Deshaun or, or Tua to get Deshaun. You're like, we don't know what the Dolphins want to do. We don't know that they want to keep Tua. And, and I don't, I'm not convinced based on how they used them this past season that they do want to keep them. Uh, so I do think that will be interesting. I think obviously you guys mentioned Ted Karras keeping him, uh, started all 16 games for them last season. You definitely want to keep, uh, your best offensive lineman when you can, because this is a team that this team started Eric Flowers, uh, last season. You know, this is, you got to keep your best offensive lineman. So I think they'll figure out how to do, uh, keep Ted Karras. Uh, so they have a couple, you know, and their, their, their punter is going to be a free agent. Got to bring up special teams. Uh, but it, it is the quarterback situation. Well, Chris Greer did say that two is their quarterback, but that wasn't in relation to them drafting one. I mean, like Les Snead said Jared Goff is their quarterback like a week ago. No, but in terms of drafting one third overall. Oh, okay. He, he didn't say nothing about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> like mm. that, that was before the Deshaun Watson news broke. And I think it's funny. But, yeah, was, but even, even saying that doesn't mean it's true. That's right. But, uh, you know, you, you assume. Uh, the Giants general manager said there was no way they were going to trade Odell Beckham. And then like four days later, they traded Odell Beckham. All right. Well, you, I'm just telling you what Chris Greer said. So you said we don't have no, we have no idea. We don't, but at least I'm going to put it on the record. I don't want to do sensationalism as journalism breach. I'm a capital J journalist. Uh, but I think the, the, the bigger issue is the Deshaun Watson thing. And it's funny because Adam Silverstein, who's our coworker and is, uh, what's his official title? He's, um, assistant managing editor, I think. Anyway, he's a huge Dolphins fan and he, he sent me a note today on Slack and said, quit mocking offensive line <laughs> to the Dolphins at number three. I said, that's fine. I understand that. I would just trade down or I would just trade all those picks for Deshaun Watson. But he, he's like, that's not going to happen. I say, like, ah, I would want it to happen. I would, I would, you know, pray that it happens because would you mention those odds were Brent's in the Super Bowl odds? 28 to one. I mean, that's insane. You're, you're wasting money. They are not with Tua Tagovailoa winning the Super Bowl this year. But right? if you put that money down and then they traded for Watson, you'd feel pretty awesome that's about your bet. Exactly. So you need to have some insider info on that. Um, but even with, I, let's say they trade for Watson, it's probably still what, 15 to one? Does that sound right? If they trade for Watson? Super Bowl odds? Uh, that's probably right. I don't think they'd be, um, between 12 and 15 probably. Somewhere between 10 and 15. Yeah. So, but my point is 28 to 1, you're wasting money. The two is not winning the Super Bowl. Ryan Fitzpatrick got to feel better at 28 to 1. But, well, but I mean, like, it, you do it like people, 28 to 1 is probably priced down to include a little bit of Deshaun Watson possibly. Yeah. Cause it was 61 last year with Jameis as the Bucks. Correct. I don't know, but your, your team also coming off a 10 and 6 season. So yeah. I feel like because of is, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, right. But we don't know if he's coming back or not. Oh, no, that's right. He ain't. <laughs> He's gone. That's that's a concern. That's why it's wasting your money. I think even though Chris Greer said what he said, and you both sort of pointed out it doesn't matter what he says, it's Tua. Because Tua didn't look good last year. And I get he's a rookie, and I'm fine. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and that he'll get better and all that. But he just looked like he struggled throwing the ball. Maybe some of that's still the hip. I don't know. But I didn't feel good about his progress going into year two as a potential future Hall of Famer. If if a Dolphins fan, if you told the Dolphins fans that they were going to trade two uh, just for draft picks, like two first round picks or one first round pick, and re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, what do you? Th- what would they feel I mean, I think better if you about? Could get, if you get a first round pick for two right now, you would probably do. 
Right. You do the trade and re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick and let him be your bridge quarterback to whoever. Would you do it? I would 100. percent I'd do it for yeah. one first round pick in Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I don't know. I don't know how invested Dolphins fans are in Tua. Like, it's a weird to... situation because they spent like two years gearing up to get ready for Tua, and, then he got and now it's like, oh no! And now it's like if Fitzpatrick's the quarterback, it feels like you're absolutely a playoff contender. And if it's two, we're sitting here like, what, eight and eight? Is that what you pick them to go? Maybe. Like eight and eight seems like the ceiling to me. Ryan like, is taking a turn on Tua. <laughs> well, that, you guys saw him play. He can't throw the ball down the field. But again, maybe it's the hip. Maybe he'll be yeah. much healthier. I, I would like to see him. I would like to, and it's also asking a lot for him to come in and learn like Chan Gailey's offense. Like Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey ain't there anymore. I know. I mean, so. You know, second offensive coordinator already, but I, I guess uh, second that, and third offense coordinator because we have co-offensive coordinators. Ooh, I hate that idea. I hate that. NC State did that a few like two years ago. It was a disaster. One guy's like calling the red zone plays, and one guy's calling like the first down. It's like one guy's like in charge of third down in the red zone. It's it just doesn't work out particularly well usually. Um, I mean, defensively, like you know, they spent a lot of money last year and a lot of draft capital, so they've they drafted Christian Wilkins. Um, you know, they obviously, they, Xavier Howard, they signed to an extension. They went out and got, uh, Byron Jones in free agency. They drafted Noah Igbad, Igbadmagany. There you go. Yeah, not bad by me. Um, and, uh, also went out and signed some pass rushers. Like I could see them adding a couple more, maybe trying to find some more edge rushers in the draft. Um, yeah. I mean, they're or, a good space too. They have 35 million in cap space, I believe. So they could. Replicate what they did last year with the ton of draft picks and the, the they're like face. the Jets, but with talent. And there, there's there's stability. Chris Greer and um, Brian Flores. Yeah, I, I I mean I think that I just think that this is a team that I, I would not be surprised at all if they were sort of went all inish on 2021. Well, and if you're gonna do it, this is the year to do it because look, if you guys were talking about cap space, there are only 11 teams that are projected to have 20 million or more and cap space this off season. So you're talking about free agents. You're not going to be in a bidding war. If you want someone, you can get them because there's only nine other teams that can afford to drive up the prices. And a lot, you know, like the Patriots aren't going to pay top dollar for people. That's not what they do. So that's another team that's out. So all of a sudden you're bidding against this small group of teams. So if you absolutely need someone, if you have a guy and he's on your board and you say, this is the one free agent we have to get, you should get him because this is the year where you can afford to get him. So yeah, absolutely. They should go all in on the show. They just got to figure out their quarterback situation. The, um, why would you trade, too? Would Sorry, you trade two first round picks this year and next year's first round pick and whatever player for Deshaun Watson? If you're the, if I was the Dolphins, I would do it. Yes. Would too. Yeah. Cause of the picks know. that they have, like you basically got them from the Texans for Larry Tunsil. So you're going to flip. Laramie Tunsil for Deshaun Watson. So you're basically giving up two first round, your own, and then the one the Texans gave you, and throw in Tua and whatever. Then you have Deshaun. Yeah, whatever. You can have yeah. Tua. And you can you have bring Deshaun Deshaun Watson to a place where he's going to, like, you get the, you get the quarter. You hope, best case scenario, that Tua becomes Deshaun. That's you right. know? And you don't have to hope Deshaun becomes Deshaun because Deshaun is already there. And if you're the Texans, you have so many holes. Wouldn't you be dumb to turn that? Like, if, if the Dolphins are throwing three first-round picks in your face, two this year and one next year, and uh, two, uh, whatever else they want, you know? Like, why wouldn't you take that? Let me – I don't want to make this about the AFC, the AFC South because we'll talk about that. But just quickly, I heard, I heard Tom Pelissero say this on the NFL Network a few days ago, that uh, the Texans sort of have leverage more than you might think because all they have to withstand is the – bad PR barrage that's coming their way and one they've withstood so far this 
but here's the thing. Do you want to continue to piss off an entire fan base? And do you want to go into the season with a chance to win one football game because Deshaun Watson's holding out? I feel like they don't have any leverage. I feel like they have to make some moves, uh, ideally by the draft, presumably sooner than that. Yeah, I think that's a little bit presumptuous because that sounds like he, you said Pelissero? Yeah, I think it was Pelissero. Is in Watson's head because Watson has the leverage, but only if he's actually willing to sit out the season. That's only, you know, cause like, so if he puts his foot down and pulls through with threats and is willing to sit out the season, then he has the leverage. But if he's not willing to do that, then the Texans are calling his bluff and the leverage is in their hands. So it really just depends if he would be serious about sitting out the season. I don't know if he cares about getting fined. I don't know if he cares about having to give back some of that salary cap. If it means getting out of Houston, which by all reports, he absolutely does not want to be. You know what? We can discuss that uh, when we do the AFC South. How about that? <laughs> Instead, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll look at the rest. Oh, by the way, I think wide receiver is a position that they could look at. Did Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. At running back. I mean, they, they need some help at running back. They're, they're leading yeah. rusher at under 600 yards. Two years ago, Fitzpatrick was their leading rusher. It's a problem they keep trying to fix and, and nothing they're doing is working. So, and those are the skill players, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Tua just needs better skill players around him because we're talking about they need receivers, yeah. uh, and, and running backs that could probably help. I've well, had them and, dra- oh, go, sorry, go ahead. I was just, I've had them drafting Jalen Waddle with their first-round pick in previous mock drafts, and also Najee Harris, so to answer both those needs for sure. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, you know, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, uh, some of the, Leonard Fournette, I mean, not exactly, like, it's big names, but not really guys that you want to bring in on, on any sort of money in terms of running back out in free agency, but, man, wide receiver is loaded in free agency. When you, I mean, A.J. Green is a big name, but, you know, older, obviously. If you're trying to bring in somebody to help, although it didn't really help. I think you have to get someone who can separate. Like, no Juju Smith-Schuster, no A.J. Green, um, no Allen Robinson. Hmm. Um, Allen Robinson would be fine. Well, they have Devontae Parker and they have uh, Preston Williams. And those are similar body type players. Jakeem Grant had a good season. Will Fuller? Will Fuller's like a home run threat. Will Fuller. I mean, like, if I was a team and I, and I was trying to, I mean, I would add Will Fuller and Corey Davis in free agency and just see if I can, that can juice up your offense. I, mean, I would I pay Will Fuller. I wouldn't pay Corey Davis. Corey Davis didn't really come on until last year, sort of. Sammy Watkins out there too. Just noting it. Yes. John Ross. Gilman <laughs> <laughs> Breeze. Speedy guy. He'll sign for league minimum. He's got nothing going for him. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll see what the Patriots are going to do this all season. Ooh. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so the New England Patriots, 40-1 to to win the Super Bowl. And that seems short, honestly. Uh, we don't know what they're going to do at quarterback quite yet. Cam Newton is a, one of their free agents. They're 20 to 1 to win the AFC and have the 15th overall pick, the 46th pick. And then they had to forfeit number 77 overall. So they have a 111th as their next one. Top free agents, Joe Tooney, NC State legend, Cam Newton, Demir Bird, JC Jackson, David Andrews, Jason McCourty, Lawrence Guy, James White, and Rex Burkhead. Man, I mean, we talked about this with the Eagles for tomorrow's show or for Thursday's show, excuse me. The um, Patriots might just be bad for a little while, right? If they get a quarterback, no one's going to be saying they're bad. And they have they also have a ton of cap space. I think they're fourth in cap space. They have $68 million, excuse me. So they're just behind the Jets. They have a ton of cap space. They have, cap space. So they have the draft picks that you mentioned. They have, let's see, no third rounder, as you also mentioned. So they have the first, second, fourth rounder. I think if the quarterback they got to figure out, but once they figure that out, and, and you know, whoever if it's someone, even even if it's a Derek Carr type, I don't think Mr. Bisky's going to go in there and win. But I feel like Derek Carr someone could go in there and win ten games with his eyes closed, that type of player, then they're fine. They're right back in it. And I think obviously the Bills are the favorite in that division, but they sort of finished on a sour note. There's a lot of to be excited about with what the Bills did, but I feel like in terms of off season momentum, which really means nothing, their off season confidence. The Browns might be higher than the Bills based on how they finished. The Browns had a chance to to beat the Chiefs. They, you know, beat the the dog crap out of the Steelers, and and the, the Bills didn't limp home, but they didn't play well in that game against the Chiefs. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But just it feels like from the perspective of of mid February that the the maybe the Browns have more confidence. My point being that the Patriots perhaps could be right back in the mix in that division with a good quarterback, but you know they got to find the quarterback. They have other needs, wide receiver, chief among them. We've been saying that forever. And and I feel like maybe instead of drafting someone like Jalen Waddle, which I've had them going to the Patriots in a few mock drafts, which feels I like told Jalen Waddle that because he was on. I was looking at your mock draft when he was interviewed on the podcast, and I was like, "Oh, Ryan Wilson, as you go to the Patriots." Yeah, and um, I think Amanda Gare mentioned something about the Patriots to him too, and he's like, "Yeah, there are a lot of similarities between Belichick and Nick Saban, of course, because they're they're buddies." But um, maybe it makes more sense to get like a, a an established wide receiver who you know, like Kenny Galladay, for example, or maybe even Allen Robinson. Maybe give up on drafting him is what you're saying. <laughs> but, you know, like we talk about the quarterbacks, a proven commodity, so you don't have to figure out how to use Jalen Waddle. You know how to use Kenny Galladay. And it does feel like uh, maybe Belichick outsmarted all of us because we kept saying, hey, why isn't he getting a quarterback during 2020 offseason? Go out and get someone. There's all these quarterbacks available. Well, guess what? There's even more quarterbacks available this year. And so he's probably licking his lips. Like, I can bring one of these guys in. I mean, this team went 3-3 three and three in the division last year with a team that, uh, you know, most coaches, they probably would have gone four and 12 and one and five in the division. And so they're still winning the divisional games, still went seven and nine, didn't have hit the double digit losses. And now again, you, you bring in a quarterback, uh, you know, like Jacoby Brissett, he knows the system. Uh, he's somebody who could maybe get a look there. I mean, there's just so many guys. I don't know that they would try to pull off 
a blockbuster trade, so it's probably going to be free agency. I mean, do you think Belichick would, would would give like Ryan Fitzpatrick a serious look? You come in for one year. We need that kind of guy. You're mobile. You're a leader. You're the kind of guy maybe we need in this locker room right now. I just think there's a lot of options uh, for them to improve at quarterback. The other thing I will say is that, Brent, you noted at the beginning that the Patriots had to forfeit a pick. As a reminder, it was because they illegally filmed the Cincinnati Bengals. That is why the Bengals struggle. Arguably the lowest point of Bill Belichick's career. (laughs) They should give that draft pick to the Bengals. They should give it to the Bengals. I like that idea, actually. If, if like, if you get, if you're the one getting filmed, like, why you should get the reward of being, yeah. You know. But Hugh Jackson has to be Ryan for commissioner. Okay. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah. They have, look, they have tons of space. I, I sort of struggle with the, I mean, I believe in Bill Belichick, obviously. I mean, everybody does. And I'm not going to let this, you know, one season in a COVID year, which he may have just punted on the season, knowing it was going to be a total crapshoot cloud, you know, my, my belief and faith in Bill Belichick being a good coach. But I will say that, I mean, things felt like this team is, they're going to have to rebuild it back up in 2021. And I just, if they have Derek Carr, for example, how many wins are they going to get? Nothing else changes. Eight or nine. I think 10. I think 10 is pretty. I wouldn't say 10 is their floor. 10 is their floor. No. What do you think? 10 is their ceiling. Yeah. Oh. No way. They won seven games with a, with a quarterback with no arms. They had good legs, though. Yeah, but Derek Carr is not the kind of guy that will throw in to someone. It's, but to, to this is not a receiving point. core that can get wide open. Carr is going to be hesitant. It seems like it would be yeah, uh, I think Derek not Carr a great combat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I mean, like, <clears throat> the reality is, Inkiel Harry and Julian Edelman and Jacoby Myers are still your three. Top wide receivers. You have to improve it. And James White. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but James White's a free agent. Rex Burkhead's a free agent. So you have like Sony Michelle. You know, the offensive line has been a strength for a long time. And Isaiah Wynn, you know, is, is really flash, but you're going to lose Joe Tooney because he, he's going to want a ton of money unless you want to resign him. And David Andrews is a free agent. I mean, they are kind of ripped apart on the, on the offensive line. And then defensively, I mean, you know, if you're losing a McCordy, you know, there's talk that they're moving off from Stephon Gilmore. How many times, though, has that happened in the offseason? They're like, all right, we're not bringing so-and-so back, even though they're, they still have two good years left, and they've been fine. Uh, it happened last year with Tom Brady, and they weren't fine, Ryan. I was, I was going to say the obvious missing link is Tom Brady, but other with the other free agents. Well, that was always sort of it. It was like, all right, you know, like they are missing a lot, but they do have Tom Brady, so they can overcome it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I – you can't you can't look at this roster and say that it's one of the three best one of the two best teams in the. You AFC. just said I don't want to. I'm not going to sleep on on um, Bill Belichick. So I'm not, but I'm saying that right now, like he has a lot of work to do this offseason. Yeah, I'm trying to find the quarterbacks real quick here. Dak Prescott, <laughs> he's a free agent. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, play, if you can somehow get him. I would Teddy, Teddy. Before reported before the Super Bowl that Bill Belichick is very intrigued by the idea of getting Garoppolo back in New England. Man, this is so he's got to cross his fingers for a Deshaun Watson trade to San Francisco. Yeah, so he needs somebody to San Francisco to go get somebody else. Like he needed Stafford to go to the 49ers so he There's could go get Garoppolo. Slim pickings in this quarterback free agency class. Dak is yeah. going to return to Dallas, obviously. Breach of and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jameis is probably going back to the Saints. Cam probably isn't coming back. Sweet Jesus, Andy Dalton is next on the PFF list of available free agent quarterbacks. Tyrod is 
I mean, he doesn't get you, you know, it doesn't really excite you. Mr. Bisky. It'd be interesting though in New England. And they won just enough games where they don't have a great pick. And Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. So you, there's a little bit of an expectation, I think. And if you're Bill Belichick and you stink next year and Brady and the Bucs are really good again. Yeah. That's not going to be great for your, for how people discuss you. For what? He's going to the Hall of Fame first ballot and he's 68 or whatever he is. He can retire to the island he owns and he'll be fine. I think you're underselling. Retire on a losing note though, Ryan, a losing note. While Tom Brady's racking up rings in Tampa Bay. The thing is, he and getting drunk him. on a boat, man. That's going to be our last memory of Tom Brady. What if Tom Brady outlasts Bill Belichick in the NFL? I mean, it seems like it's possible. Our last memory of Belichick is going to be his dog making a draft pick. Is that what you <laughs> want for him? No, it's not, Breach. No, no, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, you look at this roster, and there is just uh, – there's there's some young talent on it, but there is a lot of work to be done for Bill I'm Belichick. I'm going to go on record right now saying they're winning 10 games. So Next year? Not knowing the quarterback situation. You guys just said, did, don't. Did, did we cut that? Is that, you put that in the mixer? I was going to say, cut what you guys said about them being terrible. And that way I can, I can preemptively dunk on you now and I'll dunk on you in real time later. Are you, what is he seeing that we're not seeing? You just uh, said Bill Belichick. All the only quarterback they have is Jared Stidham, man. I would imagine they're going to solve the quarterback situation. How? By the we way, all don't... said that last offseason. As soon as Brady left, we're like, they're going to fix the quarterback situation. It's going to take care did. of itself. It just didn't That's work. the thing. We thought they did. We're like, oh, my God, they got Cam Newton. They're going to win. They waited till games. June. I got a bajillion tweets where it's like, oh, you fools, let Belichick get Cam. Yeah. It's over now. It's over. And it, it, narrator, it was not over. Uh, it was over right. for Belichick. That's right. All right. Finally, in the division, the Buffalo Bills made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. That's why their Super Bowl odds are 12 to 1. AFC odds six to one. That's not actually not bad value considering how good this team is. They have the 30th overall draft pick, the 61st and the 94th. Daryl Williams, Levi Wallace, Josh Norman, Tyler Croft, and Isaiah McKenzie are their top free agents who are departing breach. That this is a, just a roster that's in really, really good shape. It is, but they do have some key decisions to be making this offseason. I think probably the biggest ones come on the offensive line. You missed, uh, you mentioned Daryl Williams. You know, you have a starting tackle who's going to be a free agent, started all 16 games for you. Uh, I would think the Bills probably don't want to lose him. Uh, Joe Feliciano started nine games at guard. That's also a guy you probably don't want to lose. And then on defense, you have Matt Milano. Uh, that's another starter you don't want to lose. So there's definitely some starters that I don't know that they want to let walk in free agency. And there's also how's, uh, key- how's AJ Klein doing? Uh, actually, AJ Klein made the playoffs, uh, like I said he would before the season, Ryan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Worst layup ever. <laughs> the Bills were a lock to make the playoffs because they signed AJ Klein. The joke was on you the whole time. Uh, but then they have like smaller role players that you have to think about. Like, uh, Andre Roberts, he, you know, a kick returner, he led the NFL in return yards and those little things. We saw them in the playoffs. They help you. Uh, when you, you have guys like your kick returners coming up with huge plays constantly. And then, uh, their punter, Cody Bajorquez, uh, led the NFL in punting. He had the highest, uh, punting average. It was over 50 yards. It was the fifth highest in NFL history. And when you have a weapon like that, you don't want to let him walk away. So, uh, they have some key decisions to make at a bunch of different positions. And then also, I don't know that it's as big, but Matt Barkley's going to be for Asian too. So you're talking about a backup quarterback need. Uh, maybe some cornerback help because Tredavious White can't do everything. Uh, and finally, a pass rusher, because if there's one thing 
that they couldn't do, and they got mopped up twice by the Chiefs as they're putting no pressure on Mahomes. I'm sure that Sean McDermott watched the Super Bowl thinking, my God, we got to get someone in here, and we have like negative $2 million in cap space, so I don't know how we're going to do it, but we got to convince somebody to play in Buffalo who can rush the passer. So they, they definitely have a few questions that need to be answered. Yeah, I also, let's see, in the mock drafts, obviously they're picking late in the first round. I've had them taking, uh, getting help in the middle of the defense, like a linebacker, uh, even safety. And I've also had them taking, uh, a running back because, um, Devin Singletary hasn't really let the, let the world on fire. Um, Zach, uh, what's Zach's Moss. last name? Zach Moss also, I don't want to say struggle because part of the issue is just their, their offensive line wasn't very good against the run. But if you get a dynamic playmaker in there like Najee or even Travis Etienne, both those guys can catch balls out of the backfield, which is something that uh, makes life a little easier for Josh Allen in terms of checking the ball down or even running those wheel routes or whatever you want to do with the running back. That's one more component uh, to make that offense really good. And we see the Chiefs sort of do it. They're not afraid to keep drafting offensive playmakers, even if they have needs elsewhere, uh, if they l- fall in love with someone. So I-, I think that's something else to keep an eye on. Is it an immediate need? No. But, I mean, if you're at the bottom of the first round and you can take a Travis Etienne and, and the linebackers you like are gone or – or maybe the edge rushers are gone, or the the cornerbacks are gone. Absolutely, I don't think anyone's going to be like, "Oh my God, you took Travis Etienne." Our offense is even more is even tougher to stop. I mean, they'll still yell about it. Yeah, but I mean, there are certainly worse directions you can go on a team that, as Breach noted, are going to are going to lose some playmakers on offense due to free agency, most likely, and replacing them with someone like Travis Etienne certainly feels like a not terrible direction in which to go. And over the cap has them at a projected negative 1.8 million heading into 2021's offseason. So oh, interesting. Uh, Spot track has them at 3.8 million plus. That is interesting. So there's, there's somewhere between four and negative one. <laughs> negative almost two. Almost That's negative. weird that there's that big of a. Let's see. Uh, right, right. Well, no. Um, for their top 51, it's 3.8 for their full. Yeah, that's right. For the full, it's 1.5. Are you sure they have negative 1.5 on there? 1.5 um, for the Bills. That's right, for total. Yeah. But negative um, 1.5, according to Spot uh, Track. 2.87 million in dead cap space for the Bills right now. In what was Spot Track using as the uh, estimated salary cap? Oh, uh, 188. Okay, so uh, over the cap is using 180.5. There you go. There is your big difference. There you go. Um, for the win. Yeah, I mean, look, they've done a really – Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done a really good job at this roster. They've built it out to the point where it feels like a sustainable product year over year over year. Um, Matt Milano – is Matt Milano not a free agent too? Did I miss he that? Is. Yeah, no, he, he is. Yeah, no, he is. Did, not, did I listen? Um, no, that's a big issue. That's like a sneaky big issue. I mean, their defense – when he wasn't healthy and he wasn't out there – you know, they need him to cover tight ends. They need him to run the middle of the field. Their run defense wasn't very good. And so I think, you know, making sure that you can fill that void, whether you're doing it by signing him to a contract or whether you're doing it by, you know, finding somebody else to replace him or somebody, you know, linebackers are key in a Sean McDermott defense. So that's, um, you know, AJ Klein's don't grow on trees, right? And that's, you know, if they're only reciting one out of Matt Milano and Daryl Williams, you know, what do you do? You, you try to get your starting right tackle back or do you try and get back your tag? Or, or, yeah. or can you somehow do both of them? Yeah, that's right. That With those are cap space, right? Those are kind of the, the key things for him there. And actually Josh Allen will have just finished his third year. He's eligible for an extension. 
you might have to give it to him. Or he wants it. Be- if he if he's demands it, I think you kind of have to give him one. Why? Yeah. Under what plan? Under what situation would you not give it to him? I, I mean, that's just that's just. I mean, the way that their cap is laid out. I mean, Josh Allen is set to have a six point nine million dollar cap hit next year. I mean, that's you know, you're probably not going to reduce that number by giving him a giant giant extension. If if you're Josh Allen, though. Are you staring at this? Actually, I guess set- you could you could do the extension on top of the rookie deal. Yeah, you could, but there's probably gonna be like a signing bonus involved to be spread out over. Uh, but if you're Josh Allen, it. are you waiting for say Lamar Jackson's deal to get done, and then saying, "Hey, I've actually gotten an AFC title game," or you know, he, he's what got an MVP, but I, you know, our team has done better as a team. What if uh, Lamar Jackson, who is his own agent, wants to wait until Josh Allen's deal gets done? We can and play then- this all day. <laughs> Well, I think uh, if I'm Josh Allen, Lamar, I'm Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, I'm waiting for Dak Prescott's deal to get done. And what if that doesn't get done? What if they're just going to be sitting and waiting and no contracts and get done for five years. I, I don't Dak's going to get uh, franchise tagged. If I'm Josh Allen, I'm not panicking about not having a deal going into 2021. And maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe you're okay with $35 million a year, whether you're any of these young quarterbacks. Are about no, to I mean, it's, uh, except, except for Dak. I'm saying, like, if I'm Josh Allen, I've got enough money for being picked where I was picked. And, you know, live you can say that about anyone, though. But I, mean, I think with all three of them, what we'll see okay. is that they wait until the new TV deal is done because then you'll have an idea of what the future salary caps are going to be. And we've seen oh, uh, well, I, that's how it works, Ryan. I don't know if you know how the salary cap works. Uh, no. But so once every you year, <laughs> what's the truth? <laughs> every year, fear monger breach says the salary cap is going to be low and people aren't going to get paid. And every year, the salary cap is never, ever. An issue. I have literally never said that in my life. And I'm saying this as. It's going to go up. Like you're going to know how far up it's going to shoot. So you know what kind of money you can ask so for. Salary cap fear monger, John Breach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. make me sound like the, the Pete Prisco of, it's, uh, the, sky is cap the cap is falling. The cap is falling. Uh, exactly. but it, it, it's going to go way up and they'll know how far up. And so if you, so if you did the deal tomorrow, you know, you don't know what the salary cap's going to be in 2021. You don't know what it's going to be five years down the road. But once the TV deals are done, you'll have an idea of how much it'll be going up each year. Breach's new nickname is salary cap, bro. (laughs) I I don't think it's crazy that the Bills would sit down with Josh Allen and be like, look, we we love you. We're going to extend you. Yeah. You had an MVP caliber season, but let's wait until next offseason to do it. Let's try and go win a Super Bowl. That's fine. I think Josh Allen would probably play ball with that, especially knowing, as Breach points out, Next offseason, you'll have a you know much better chance of teams being willing to open up the purse strings. He's going to get paid thirty-five to forty million either way. Okay. All right, that is the show for today. Thanks for listening, Jonathan Jones. On tomorrow, a NFC East on Thursday, and then a mailbag on Friday for John and Ryan and Will. See you guys later. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.